Hello, everyone, and welcome to WCSU 411. We're the podcast here at Western Connecticut State that gives you all the information about what's going on behind the scenes at the university. This week, along with Chantel bringing us all the events coming up, we have Dr. Missy Alexander and the Provost Minute. We have Dr. Rada Krell with Science Beat. And I'm sure we have a couple other things too, right, Pete? Oh, sure. I guess... uh, We have a big event on November 2nd coming up called Night for the Arts. It's a celebration of Marian Anderson, the civil rights icon and really famous singer back in the day, who uh, we're going to try to name the School of Visual and Performing Arts after. So we have a big party on November 2nd, starts at 6 p.m. on the West Side Campus in the Center for Visual and Performing Arts. It'll be a lot of drinking and eating and also a lot of good performances by the three departments, students in the three departments, theater, arts, art, and what's the other one? Music. So it'll be a really fun time. You can find out about it on the WestCon website and buy a ticket and show up. It'll be really great. Don't forget Macrocostas Week is kicking off this week, too, with apple cider and tie dyeing. Yep, in the afternoon, and then that evening uh, from 5 to 8, if I'm not mistaken, is the uh, open house of Higgins, the recently redone Higgins. That's right. And there'll be uh, some music, there'll be some food, there'll be some, if I know Greeks, there'll be some dancing. I can say that. <laughs> I'm married to a Greek. That's right. I'm allowed. I have done Greek dancing at my wedding. It's really? okay. Oh. <laughs> Did they put you in the chair and bounce no, you around? No, no chair, but yeah. big circle. You know, hmm. yeah. That's the last time Lots you did throwing Greek money. Dancing. No, no. Oh, okay. Every every wedding, every christening, every <laughs> every party. Every, yeah, it's it's a whole thing. Every Friday night. Not every Friday night, no. Hmm. But uh, so that'll be fun. That'll be the most fun, probably. Well, yeah. the apple cider will be a really big deal, so we'll do that too. Yeah, and then keep an eye out for events that week. A um, bunch of uh, lectures and, and mm-hmm. things, which we talked about last week. Yeah. But, uh, you know, keep an eye on on the the website events page if you have the my wcsu app the events are there and uh you know oh yeah the app and we're celebrating dino macrocasas and his family they've given a lot of money to the university in support of education and students and uh they believe in us and our students so uh, we want to return the favor and say we believe in them too so what's up next, Pete? Oh, uh, oh we got who's the, the main? Uh, who's our main speaker today? Exactly, you tell oh me. My God, we almost forgot. <laughs> it's Caitlin Crowley. She's the brand new assistant athletic director. She isn't on the field too much, I don't think. She's trying to help uh, administer the whole thing, raise money, make sure that uh, athletic teams are supported, and she also just came out or uh, helped organize. A really uh, great thing with keeping track of athletes' community service. It turns out we do a lot of community service here, and Westcon ended up number one on the national survey that is done every month all of a sudden. So we're giving kudos to Caitlin Crowley, and of course she passes it on to the students who are great. doing all the good work. Yeah, they're not busy enough, you know, going to school no. and... We competing make a, and traveling, and they got to do community we service. We force them too. to volunteer yeah. also. <laughs> force them. <laughs> Good job, students. So here's Caitlin Crowley. So, Caitlin, you introduced us to this um, award or recognition that 
uh, Westcon one for something called Helper Helper, which does not explain what it is. Could you talk to us about that? Sure. So uh, the NCA runs every year this thing called the NCA Teamworks Challenge. It's basically a, a community service competition that happens nationwide at each of the three divisions. Um, Helper Helper is an app that they've partnered with. Um, it's a it's a really great way to collect community service hours and information from our student athletes and from our coaches, um, which I think is a struggle on every campus. You know, you want to know what we're doing out in the community. You want to mm -hmm. know how we're giving back and how we're engaging with the folks that support us. So Helper Helper has really allowed us to um, easily collect that information. Students have their phones with them all the time, so it's easy for them if they engage with something on their own to just go into the app and put that in. I had uh, an email from a baseball student athlete who said, hey, I'm a volunteer firefighter. That counts as community service. Can I just go in and put that information in? And sure enough, you can. So uh, Helper Helper has partnered with the NCA and this Teamworks Challenge, and uh, WestCon is, is at the top of the Division Three leaderboard as far as that challenge goes right now. You've been here about six weeks, and all of a sudden we're at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> I try. You know, I, all the credit goes to our coaches and our student-athletes, though, who've been oh. doing all of the engagement. They've contributed more than 2,400 hours of community service so far since the beginning of the semesters began. And a lot of that also credit to Dr. Kramer, um, who organized the WCSU Day of Service. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the ability to have a day where classes were canceled until 1 o'clock um, and engage the entire community, whether it was going to schools, whether it was going to a nursing home. I know our men's basketball team really enjoyed going to one of the local um, nursing homes and engaging with the residents. We had softball, um, was doing painting and cleanup work. I know I saw pictures of football out collecting trash and, and cleaning up the community. Every single one of our teams participated in that day. Um, and I think that that was really a great way to kick off our year of giving back to the local community. Day of service is great, but the Westcon has a tradition of encouraging that kind of activity among the athletic teams here, right? Absolutely. So that wasn't something new for them. And the coaches all do a pretty good job of, as you said, of uh, getting their students to um, go out and do that. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, I think the thing with athletics is that we get so much support from the community, whether it's the campus community or the surrounding community, that it's important for us to be able to give back. Um, something that you hear quite often is that athletics often serves as the, the front porch of the institution wherever <laughs> you go, right? It's, it's something that's visible. It's something that um, people can engage with. Um, and so I think that being able to engage with schools. We've had a couple of our teams that have gone to some of the local elementary schools and read to students. And uh, there was one, the four of our fall teams actually did an event where they went during recess and played with the kids at recess for uh, an event called No Child Plays Alone to encourage <laughs> social and recreational activity during recess and make sure that everyone has that opportunity. Um, so just being able to give back and, and engage with the folks that support us on a regular basis has been fantastic. I saw a story that the Eastern uh, women's soccer team adopted a kid who has some horrible disease, and team uh, impact. Oh, is that what that is? So, yeah. You know, so, are we? How are we going to undermine Eastern? And uh, <laughs> um, and you know, Team Impact has done some really fantastic things across the country, and and great for Eastern for being able to do that. Um, yeah. But I, you know, again, I think that. Our teams have this unique ability to engage with different constituents in the community. Um, we're hosting SAC, uh, Student Athlete Advisory Committee, is going to be hosting a kind of a Halloween-themed day in a couple weeks for, for local kids in the community that all of our student athletes are going to engage with. So being able to kind of broaden our scope and broaden our reach 
um, from an athletics perspective and, and being able to get our student athletes out in the community. I have to say, I think that oftentimes what happens is that our student athletes and our coaches almost get more out of it than anyone else does. Mm. They have a, such a great time and, and what they're able to do and what they're able to learn is, is an important part of their experience. What amazes me is that all the time they spend on it. I mean, being a student athlete, you're committed to, at least during the season, to really spending a lot of time on the sport, uh, as well as your studies. And I know our students or athletes are very good at that. And then they do this, too. I mean, you're busy all the time if you're a student athlete. Absolutely. And, you know, everyone has 24 hours in a day. It's it's how you spend the, those hours is, is what's going to separate our successful students from the ones that need a little bit more assistance. But our student athletes have a very good grip on, on what it takes to balance their time as a student, as an athlete, and the other things that they have going on, whether it's community service, whether it's a number of different clubs that they have engaged with. Um, you know, they have a very good grip on that. I think that's why student athletes tend to be some of the most recruited by companies when they graduate from college. Mm-hmm. The So... Do you have to maintain this uh, standing in this helper helper uh, app or uh, face like uh, termination or? <laughs> no, you know, it's it. So this particular competition goes for the semester. Um, we'll see at the end of the semester where we're at. I think we're already in pretty good standing based on the amount of uh, community service that we've done. But you certainly never when it comes to competition, you never want to get complacent. Mm-hmm. So uh, but I think the really the, the big thing for us is it's not. It's not so much about winning a competition. It really is about what we can do to give back. And I can tell you right now, many, many of our teams already have additional community service Mm -hmm. activities scheduled. They've engaged with folks that they know in the community, folks that have reached out to them looking for volunteers. Um, So, you know, it's something that will continue throughout the semester and the year. And it's it's something that we at WestCon want to be very good at. and, And we want to be able to give back to this community. So you're brand new at this university in a brand new position too correct so how has that been your official title is assistant director internal and external affairs intercollegiate athletics which doesn't really explain it says to me it says you do everything or they're trying to hide what you do (laughs) no I, i do i do a little bit of everything um and i think that when you are at a Division three institution like Westcon, and this is something that I've learned throughout my career, is that you have to be willing to do a little bit of everything. You have to be willing and able to step in where, where it's needed. Um, and I think that that's something I really enjoy because I get to learn more about absolutely everything that we, that we do here. I get to interact with all of our coaches and all of our student athletes in a number of different capacities, and it's been a, a really great opportunity for me so far. I love being at Westcon. Are there any coaches who have given you a hard time so far? None of them. Not oh, a single one. That's good. They've all been great. And um, what do you uh, – do you have any big projects you're going to uh, bring out that you'd like to talk about or um, talk about your vision for the uh, next 15 or 20 years that you're here at Westcom? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I have to say I think that Lori has done a fantastic job as the athletic director. And I think the vision is really, you know, coming from her and, and what she's been able to – to learn in her in her role in leading the department and some of the the feedback that I've gotten has just been the incredible 
steps that she's taken to elevate our athletics program and the experience of our student athletes. Um, part of my role is going to be on the external side, which is going to be the fundraising and development, uh, which is a very important facet of success in college athletics. We need to be able to adequately fund our, our teams, but more than that, be able to provide experiences that go above and beyond for our student athletes. Part of the philosophy of Division Three is that we're building the leaders of tomorrow. We're building people that are going to be good citizens in the community who are going to lead where they're employed, what they're going to do. So um, being able to provide experiences um, in leadership development and teamwork and team building and, and being able to really provide an education outside of the classroom for our student athletes. And that's where fundraising and development often comes in. Um, so I've been working for the past two months since I, since I arrived in August, really, to kind of get a, a hold on where we're at and, and find ways to really engage with our alums um, and find ways to engage with people in the community that, that might be interested in engaging with us financially because that's, you know, something that we can always use is support financially so that we can support those experiences. Mm-hmm. It's tough, though, isn't it? Because people, uh, there are definitely people in the community who love the athletics part. They are fans. Either they're alums and they stay fans or they become engaged. But they say, oh, it's a state school. There's uh, plenty. They uh, get fully funded by the state. Or the other side is, oh, I bought a T-shirt last week. What else do I have to do? Right. And and I completely understand that perspective. And I think people have that. And, and part of what we have to do is change that perception. Um, one of the things I've talked to some of our coaches about is, is what does it cost to support one student athlete at our school? And, and how can we convey that to the folks that are willing to give and, and support us? Uh, because I think that that's often shocking to people, how much it costs to support the experience of one student athlete, mm -hmm. whether that's their uniforms or their practice gear or the equipment that they have to use on the field. Soccer balls evidently aren't cheap. You'd never know, right? Um, so things... I've got about 10 in my garage. <laughs> so things like that um, that are important to, to be able to convey. And I, and I think that changing that perception is, is part of it. I, as, a, as a student athlete myself, I went to a state school and had the experience of, of understanding the importance importance of fundraising and development into my own experience. So I think that that's where, you know, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. Mm -hmm. Where did you go to school? I went to the University of Albany in New York. And what did you play? I played women's tennis. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And is that a Division One school? It is, yes. I was, I was a walk-on. Um, I was a walk-on who earned a scholarship, which I was very proud of my yeah. senior year. So mm. they didn't have those fun videos that they have now of football players that earn the scholarship. But... Um, you know, being able to, to do that through hard work was something that I was very proud of. Yeah, no kidding. Did you play in high school, and that's I, why you thought you could? I did. Yeah, do that? I, I played. I played for almost my whole life. So, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And uh, then you stayed in. Uh, what did you study then? So my degree was in psychology, but I think it was in college when um, I was really interacting with our athletic administration. I was on the executive board for student athlete advisory committee. That I realized that college athletics and college athletic administration was a career I could pursue. Mm -hmm. So I got my master's in higher education administration, also at the University of Albany, where I was a graduate assistant in athletics. Um, and that was really my first kind of step into the administrative side of what goes on in an athletic department. Um, and I actually ended up coaching after that. I, I got my first taste of Division III um, as a Division III head tennis coach. Um, and then just really wanted to go back to the administrative side of things, which is where I ended up at the conference level. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And so you worked at uh, the, what was the conference you worked at? The NESCAC, the New England Small College Athletic Conference. Yeah. 
and uh, which gives you a different kind of, uh, I guess, administrative side, right? Without, Correct. Uh, yeah, because we had 11 schools that we were managing the, the championship and, and uh, legislative regulations for. So it was a different perspective on how athletic administration from a different level um, occurs. And those schools are all snobby, right? So that must have been difficult. <laughs> Your word's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going back there. I, I, You know, I have to say, I really do connect with the state school model. I think that the students that we serve and what we can offer um, is just, it's unmatched. Uh, I wouldn't be in the position I am if I didn't have a state school education. And I, I think that that's been something that's important to me. Mm-hmm. Geez, sounds interesting and exciting. Yes, absolutely. We're happy to have you here. Thanks for coming to WestCon, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast, too. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll have you back next year or next time you get, uh, you know, your, you encourage your student-athletes to uh, achieve some great accomplishment that uh, you can take credit for. Uh, you know, and I won't take any credit for it, but our student-athletes are accomplishing incredible things day after day. So I, I'm, I'm always excited to see what they do and, and where their athletic success brings them on this campus. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're slouching toward Halloween here on West Con's campus, and you will hear how excited Rada Krell sounds when she talks about sucking blood on this week's Science Beat. In the Science Building, we have a lot of faculty doing really interesting research, but the opportunity to do research extends to what the students have availability uh, to do. And within biology, all students are required to have some kind of research experience, uh, and this can be an individual research experience or a group uh, research experience. And so right now, Dr. Nita Connolly in the biology department is teaching the, the group senior research experience. And she is a medical entomologist, which means she studies arthropods, things like ticks, and uh, primarily ticks, but also mosquitoes and other things that suck blood and tend to transmit pathogens. Um, aka disease-causing organisms. And so what she's having the students do is uh, a project related to mosquitoes this, uh, this semester. And so they really have limited time. They have one semester to execute this research. So what she's come up with for them to do is meaningful, but something they can do in a short period of time. And so there was a paper that came out not so long ago looking at um, the buckets of uh, like liquid that people use at uh, gas stations to uh, the, the squeegee buckets to like clean off their windows. And uh, there was a study that looked at whether or not there were mosquitoes in there because mosquitoes are looking for liquid places to lay their eggs. And they found that, yes, mosquitoes were laying their eggs in these buckets. So we sort of have this matrix of mosquito habitat in the environment. And so following up on that, uh, Nita had this cool idea of, you know, does it matter what's in those buckets? Like, can the mosquitoes survive? Can they produce adults? Um, even if they're laying eggs in there, will they survive to adulthood. And so she's, um, you know, worked with her students to design an experiment to look at different kinds of liquids that might be found in those buckets and how well the mosquitoes survive. And uh, so they were able to uh, put out 
uh, this water mixture. It's called like a hay tea. <laughs> Essentially, it's sort of a dirty water with some uh, with some grass in it to collect mosquito eggs. And so after they collected the eggs, then they were able to put the eggs into different containers containing different types of liquids. And now they're looking at, do the mosquitoes develop, develop to adulthood? How many develop? How quickly do they develop? So what's cool is it seems like kind of a, a silly project, right? Like, you know, oh, mosquitoes and squeegee buckets, but it has real relevance in terms of, uh, you know, our understanding of, of what kind of uh, disease-causing organisms might be in our environment. And of course, this has come to the attention recently with uh, the big concerns about equine encephalitis, eastern equine encephalitis. And so this kind of relatively straightforward study the students are doing um, has a lot of relevance to, to what's actually going on. So they're getting real research experience, generating real data uh, that has some applicability um, to, to things going on uh, in the real world right now. So it, it'll be fun to see what they find out, and later in the semester they'll, they'll present their results. Please join us for a night for the arts at WCSU's Visual and Performing Arts Center on the evening of Saturday, November the 2nd. Enjoy gourmet dining by the bite, refreshments, shows and performances by our award-winning students in theater, music, and the visual arts. The Visual and Performing Arts Center is on the West Side campus, exit 4 off Route 84. Tickets are available online at wcsu.edu slash Anderson. For more information, call 203-837-9820. We hope to see you there. It's October, and professors have gotten to know a new group of students who themselves have grown accustomed to the expectations of their professors. We're settling into the fall semester, but that doesn't mean we have time for long naps. Here's this week's Provost Minute. So this week I was thinking a lot about uh, our over-planning and our desire to fit everything in um, or maybe a better way to think of it is to not miss anything. There's a habit in all of us, I think, to uh, make sure that our students, for example, uh, have access to all of the critical foundational knowledge in a field. And so we design curriculum that way. I think we design experiences at the university that way. I think even as faculty and as administrators, we're always obsessed with, can we get it all done? Can we find everything? Can we solve every problem? And um, there's always a moment when we realize we cannot actually do it all. And when I thought about that this week, I thought, you know, why are we trying to do it all? And um, it reminds me of many years ago seeing uh, Lily Tomlin in a play. Uh, I think it was The Search for Intelligent Life in the Universe. And she had this line about... Uh, women, because it was a women's liberation-focused show that said, you know, if I'd known having it all was going to mean this, I might have settled for less, right? So that's what I was thinking about this week. And, um, you know, the first week of October is a really good moment to say, did I pitch this class quite right? Is it too much? Can everybody keep up? Or are we having no fun because all we're going to do is cover material? And that was that moment when I realized, you know, we really have to shift our mindset around covering to engaging, right? And this is why this is a shift. You'd think that would have been natural. But we used to think about this location, the university, virtual or not, as a place where you sat and you had access 
to the information, right? So now's the time to read it all. But in fact, the world has changed. The information, little training videos, everything, they're everywhere, right? So what are we for? What is the university for? Well, we're guides. We're curators of that information. And we're helping students and each other learn how to navigate it and find it. So it's not about all of the information. It's about preparing students to engage that information for life. We can do a lot less with that as the mindset. Right? So we still want our students to engage with deep reading. We still want them to do, read whole books. I'm not talking about us all suddenly going to just little chapters and blurbs and whatever. That's not a good idea. In fact, we need to do the opposite because the world is all chapters and blurbs. So long form, but maybe fewer. Right? Maybe fewer books and more time to discuss them and more time to digest them. Just doing a little less. And so I always think there's, there's that moment. You know, Take a look at how far you've gotten this semester and say, oh boy. Is everybody struggling? Have we had a chance to really talk through any of these ideas? Or are we just doing a checklist and then another checklist? And say, maybe I could just trim some of that. Now, I've done that as a professor. I've had experience of that as a professor, where I've retooled a class mid-semester, because I just thought, this is a disaster. We, not one of us is having any fun in here. I thought, well, what did I really want to know? What did I want my students to leave with? And you can really rebuild from there. And you can really say, well, maybe I can change these assignments so that they're building blocks towards that goal, not shaped by how much I want to cover. I would say the same thing for all of us, though. This is not just about the classroom. I think the university sometimes tries to do everything. Right? We're trying to make sure we have all enough rich in, uh, enrichment experiences, enough career support, enough tutoring support, enough, 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 enough athletics, enough classes, enough, enough vibrancy. And yet we're in such a cluttered world. You know, I almost feel like I'm trying to design uh, a Zen university. Just a little less is more. Let's take a breath. Let's rethink our options and provide all of those things I just said, the co-curricular, the athletics, the arts, the all the things that go along uh, with the actual classroom. I do want to do all of those things, but maybe we're just a little more selective about them. Say, what is our message for this year? Which ones do we really want to focus on? And then just stop doing the rest. Because trust me, all of us have other things that we want to do. Certainly I do. I love engaging in the things here. But when I do that little less, it actually has a better impact. I have more time to reflect on it, more time to think about it, and ideally more time to learn from it. So that's what my doing less is all about. Not about cheating ourselves for not addressing important works but realizing that all works are the foundation for a whole bunch of the rest, and we can just check, you know, check off a few of them and then gear, direct our students to the rest. Joining us now is Chantel Williams, our co-host and student ambassador <laughs> out there for events. Chantel, first of all, tell us how homecoming was. Homecoming was great. Um, a lot of events, a lot of fun things. Like I mentioned before, I was able to go to most of them. Mm -hmm. So um, it was great weather. We won the game. Yay. So yeah. that was, that's a big one. <laughs> so um, And you but didn't yes. have to lose your voice on this No, one. no. And I didn't lose my voice. And I got my shirts, my t-shirts. So oh, that's yes, good. that's great. <laughs> In my size, most importantly. <laughs> Did you do the thing with the games with a professor? I didn't, and I didn't. I, I was trying to see who did, um, but to see what games were being played. But I wasn't able to do it because I had, uh, I had a whole paper due, um, <laughs> so I wasn't able to to go to that event. That's a good. But reason. I was able to go to the rest of them. So because once I got that paper due, that was it. So I was able to do the rest of them. So 
Good. I was good for the and week. And it sounds like it all went well. <laughs> it did. It did. It was a great weekend. <laughs> and Pete, how was the football game on your end? Uh, really good. Um, plenty of viewers. Mm-hmm. Everything went well. We didn't have any big issues. Mm, uh, the game we, itself was really good. Yeah, uh, We were both undefeated, and we came out on top. Mm-hmm. So we are going into next week at 5-0. and And, uh, you know, I don't know the record of the team we're playing <laughs> this weekend. I don't think they're 5-0, and though. Yeah. I'll have to look. The And you were there because every home game, WestCon live streams the football game, right? That's right. WCSU.edu slash live. Good. Awesome. And not just football games. We do other events, too, so keep your eyes open. Oh, yeah. So your parents can watch it. Yes. See if you're in the yes. crowd. <laughs> they actually were watching the game. So. They were? Yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> they actually saw the game. <laughs> wow. Have they started listening to the podcast yet? Yeah, they have. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they're enjoying it. Yeah. I, guess yeah. I know Careful. my parents are getting in there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Chantel's parents. <laughs> <laughs> Give them a special shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so we have, along with, well, those with the past homecoming events. And so now this week, we have a whole list of other events going on. And it starts off with like a groovy, this is how the flyer looks, like a groovy tie-dyed <laughs> t-shirt at <right. laughs> Higgins Lobby. Have um, you ever in the used patio. that word before? Groovy? No. Mm-hmm. Only when, I don't know, only for a play. And it like took place like in the like the 70s, I mm-hmm. think. And we had a, you know, peace and love and all of that. But in a regular sentence, no. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty groovy. But I like the poster. It's really cute. Um, so that's going to take place Friday um, the 18th. And I don't know. I love getting tie-dyed. Um, it's always fun to make it and see how the colors pop and making the different patterns and things like that. So I think that's going to be fun to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you should go out and get your tie-dyed shirt. I'll be there. I'll be looking for you. Yes. I'm, I'm definitely going to get my tie-dyed shirt. <laughs> Breaking news. The team we're playing this week, Westfield State, is 0-6. Ooh, oh, that's wow. good. So we had yeah. better win this one. And that's yes. a home game, right? <laughs> it's a home game. Unless yep. it's like the Cowboys and the Jets game and and... <laughs> You know, they miraculously end up winning. <laughs> yeah. They get a new quarterback. <laughs> yeah, so this is, it's a four o'clock kickoff on Saturday the 19th. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's no, good. Westfield <laughs> beat us the last two years, too. A pretty heartbreaking Yeah, fashion. I think they, oh, no. I think we were undefeated and then they mm-hmm. beat us, right? Right. Or was that oh, the next? Wow. I don't know. But either way, it wasn't good. All right. Back to tie dye. <laughs> well, that, the, good for tie <laughs> So you can get your tie dye shirt and watch the game. <laughs> that's <laughs> your right. Shirt. Um, and that's going to take place from 3 to 6 p.m. So you do have time to go out there and get your shirt. Um, and then there's going to be a group fitness class that day as well on Friday. So you can go work out with your, you know, your tie dye. Everyone will be able to see you, um, which is a good thing. So mm-hmm. you'll be nice and colorful for your group fitness. And that starts at um, 2. And class, it will. The class will meet um, in Studio A in Berkshire Hall, Midtown. So, and if you don't know where Studio A is, um, just look for Studio A. No, let me stop. (laughs) If you walk into Burke, you'll see it. There's a sign there, and it's the studio, the main studio that's used. Um, So that's a fun thing. So yeah, Um, and then there's going to be make your own cider press. That's that sounds interesting. So Mm -hmm. WCSU students will have the opportunity to make cider press as part of the, um, the I don't know how to macro coastal. Is that how you say it? The macro. Oh, macrocostas. Ma- macrocostas experience from three to six p.m. in Berkshire patio as well, and that will take place in Midtown, so that should be fun. As your parents know, because they listened to last week's <laughs> podcast, uh, we had a whole Pete interviewed uh, the guy who's doing the mm-hmm. wine, the not wine press, the apple press. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So it was quite interesting. You can walk away with like a growler full of. Uh, no, really. Yeah. Yeah, if and you that's bring pretty your own cool. Growler. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're doing mm-hmm. six hundred pounds of apples, happen. so there's <laughs> going to be plenty of cider I... to go around. <laughs> Yikes! I never seen it, so I, I haven't think it seen should, it. Either. I, I think it should be interesting. I want to see what it's like, yeah. especially the apples. Like I don't know. He don't says know. they wash them all and stuff. Yeah. There might be a few bugs that get in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. As long as it's like not like the EE or anything like that, oh, I think no. we're good to go. No, no. We're good to go. <laughs> okay, so then there's going to be an, another event, Comics in the Classroom. <laughs> um, and this is taking place on Friday as well at 3.30. There's a lot going on on Friday. Yeah, I guess so. 3.30 p.m. in room 125 in the Science Building, and that's on Midtown as well. And this is just a part of a series. Um, it's a research seminar that's taking place, and it's hosted by the Department of Biology. Bio- Biology and environmental science, so that should be interesting. And its um, topic is wasp in the field. And you said comics are involved. In yeah, that? so I, I'm not really sure how. So we're, that I mean that should be interesting. But I think I recall doing like a podcast a while ago when there was like some kind of like um, I don't know, it was like a bug seminar thing mm-hmm. that we did. So maybe it's like that. Maybe it's you know educating on wasp in like a comical way. I don't know. Yeah. Isn't so. there, it was uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Yes, so yes. So maybe there's something with that. Maybe. You know, that's, that could be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like we thought the Green Lantern was like the, right. the superhero <laughs> Green Lantern. <laughs> so you never know. Um, so that's another event that will be taking place. On Saturday, October the 19th, there is a weather report, a um, symposium on weather and art. And I think this is interesting considering like the weather that we're having now our weather is just so unpredictable mm-hmm. um it could be cold one minute and then hot the next and then it just could just be i don't know all over the place it could be snowing and, and then raining the next day right. so they're having a symposium and they're just talking about weather and then they're incorporating art with it which is um i like that because i don't know as i'm driving like down like if i'm driving down the mirror or anything especially during this season you see like the colors and you see like the changing of the leaves and things like that and it looks like a art Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, like a canvas. That's yeah. basically what it is. And the clouds are pretty, too. This time yes, now. yes, yes. So I think um, tying in the weather and nature with art, I, I think that's very interesting because I always looked at nature as like a just a big art piece. Like if you just look in the sky, depending if it's nighttime, you see the moon or if it's during the day, depending on how the sun is rising or setting, mm-hmm. it, it's beautiful. So I've always um, and I always like to take pictures, not as I'm driving, of course, but like just as I'm just, you know, <laughs> Thank you. Walking, <laughs> um, just to take pictures. So I think that would be an interesting symposium, mm-hmm. and that's taking place on Saturday, October 19th, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., and that's going to happen in Ives Concert Hall, um, Whitehall. So Correction. I think that be uh, sorry, that's, that's been moved to uh, Science Building 125. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's been moved to the Science Building. Yep. <laughs> Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense yeah, because it has to do with weather. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's interesting. I'm glad that they're tying that into it. I would like to see maybe how like it gets tied into it fully. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So again, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. and now it's in the science building. Um, and I think it's going to be happening periodically as well. I think um, they're going to have multiple of them with different topics and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that should be fun. Um, I mentioned this before, but I'm going to mention it again because tickets still are set, are on sale, and it's the, still the spooky Halloween season. Um, so the Blaze and the Horseman Hollow trip is taking place still, and if you would like to get your tickets, you can. Um, and that's going to be taking place. The trip, the actual trip, is on Saturday, October 19th, so it is this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
again, tickets are still going. So I believe the last day would be Friday. Um, but don't wait until the tickets are sold out and you have to go on a waiting list because it is a big popular trip. Um, and I think it's going to be like a fun trip. Who doesn't like to get scared or anything mm-hmm. like that? I'm not really sure of the main attractions or, what, you know, if people are going to be jumping out at you. But it's a spooky trip. So <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. Have you bought your ticket? <laughs> I haven't. I'm not going to be able to go because I'm actually going to another spooky trail. So I am doing something spooky that day. (laughs) We're keeping the theme of spooky in there, you know. But um, it's always fun to, like, get scared and things like that. And I know in previous years they went to an insane asylum, like a... Mm. a uh, that one that's closed down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be haunted, so I don't know about that. I wasn't trying to go there because just in case it really was, mm-hmm. I had no time to get chased by ghosts or anything like that. So, um, so I don't know. But I, if everyone said it's a fun trip and you go with the, like your friends and a good group of people, and tickets are um, available for students and non-students as well. You just have to pay a different uh, fee, and right. that includes transportation. Mm. So um, that should be fun. I don't know. So tickets, yes, still are on sale, um, and it doesn't have the Oh, so the guest price is um, $35, and for students, it's $10. You can't beat that. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. And that, again, that includes transportation as well. So mm-hmm. um, there will be a WestCon volleyball um, game versus the College of Mount St. Vincent um, taking place on Saturday, October 19th at 4 p.m. Um, so that should be good. I, I've been to a couple of the volleyball games, mm. and we are very competitive. And these girls, they play strong. So oh, yeah. I, I, I do enjoy the games. And um, actually, it was Parents and Family Weekend, and I got to meet um, two parents whose daughters are on the volleyball team. And they were just saying um, – they're freshmen, and they were just saying, like, their experience that they're having thus far. And they were just sharing, like, their uh, scheduling. And I, I – I didn't realize like the scheduling for student athletes. It's very, mm. it's very rough. Like they have practice and then early in the morning or late at night, and then they have their classes in between. So I applaud the student athletes for getting up and doing what they want to do and still getting out there and winning games for us. So I think that's great. <laughs> well, tell Caitlin Crowley, she's the assistant athletic director, mm-hmm. and she was our main interview to. Uh, for oh this wow! Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. So I think, and I think that's interesting. I would love to speak with like a student athlete and see, like you know, just what's your day to day schedule? You know, like because we just never know. You mm-hmm. know, we just see, you know, with them with the games and things like that. But the games is only just part of it. They have practice, they have training, they have this, they have that. So it's just like a lot that goes yeah. into it. Oh, it's and for them to go out and play their hearts out like that, I applaud them. You mm-hmm. know, so just keep up and and but it has to, you know, it's probably it's a passion of theirs. So, you know, so they just keep on um, pushing. So yeah, come out to support the girls' volleyball team. It's gonna and, be. A win because I've never heard of Mount, uh, College of St. Vincent. Me so. neither. That's uh, me neither. I <laughs> heard of St. Vincent's Hospital. I, I never heard of yeah, the right. college. Yeah, so I wasn't. I I, um, I don't know. I never heard of this team. I'm not sure what their record is as of now, but um, I'm sure our girls were do well and pull mm-hmm. out the W. And of course, it's the men's football game as well. If you can't make it to the actual game, you can watch it online, <laughs> as mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on Sunday, October the 20th, there is a holy um, hour and mass um, starting from 6 p.m. to 7 10 p.m. What an interesting time um, at the New- Newman Center. I think that I, no time for questions. Right, it's like it's like 7:10 on the dot. That's it. You know, it's not like 7:30, 7:15, 7 o'clock. No, 7:10. So <laughs> that's an interesting time. But that will be taking place at the Newman Center, um, which is located um, near Midtown, right across from Newberry Hall. So that's um, yeah. So the, and then there's like 
of course, the um, instrumentals that are still happening. Unfortunately, some of the flag football games got canceled because they all take place on Wednesdays. And for some reason, there always wants to be a storm on Wednesdays, um, <laughs> some kind of Northeastern or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they've gotten rained out. Um, I think they're going to get rained out again today, but mm-hmm. it might be moved. But I was able to go to one flag football game, and it was pretty interesting to see. Um, the, it, it was a blowout game, but it's okay. You know, everyone came. They were having fun and things like that. So it was fun to see that happen as well. So. Did you play or just? I did it. I was, you know, I should have got my team. You remember how I was discussing before how I should have got my team. But um, they are, I think it's in the works. I'm not sure. They are going to have like a powder puff flag football game uh, for spring. So that is my calling. I think it was, you know. (laughs) So I think I'll be participating in that. And uh, (laughs) what does that mean? So powder powder puff is basically flag football for females. Hmm. So um, that's it. Yeah, I played in high school. It was like. I played against the seniors. It was juniors against seniors and then freshmen against sophomore. Us juniors, we won. Um, we were very competitive. We took it as an actual like NFL game. It was like, you know. And um, the regular football um, team members, they were our coaches, and then they were also the cheerleaders. So uh, some of the guys came out in like skirts and blouses and stuff, and they were cheering us on. We should on. do that this spring. I think, this... I think that's what's going to happen. I think they're um, football players because they're going to be on their off season, so they're going to end up being our coaches and then um, our cheerleaders as well. So that mm-hmm. should be interesting. So I will play in that um, instrumental. So I think that's... maybe Pete will uh, live stream it. <laughs> maybe you know. You, listen, that'll be good. You know, so my parents can really watch it on the thing. Right. <laughs> See me play flag football. Um, so no, that would be fun. But yes, um, so those games have been going well as well. And then they have like dodgeball tournaments mm. going on. Um, I believe soccer and rugby as well. So, yes. (laughs) So those are all the events. So, yeah, I'm going to come back with um, more information on the symposium. And I'm going to have an interesting experience when I get scared this weekend. um, So I can come back with that. We can't wait to hear about (laughs) it. I know. (laughs) We're going to see how it goes. (laughs) Don't keep your eyes closed the whole time. You I know, no, re- no. The it. last time I went, I fell like a hundred times. Oh. So we're gonna see. I'm gonna try to stay up this time <laughs> and just keep going. <laughs> oh man! All right, that's good. Thanks a lot, and Thank we'll you. see you next week, Chantel. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're coming to a close here on WCSU 411. It's been fun. Thanks for joining us. I want to thank Scott Volpe, our producer. Pete Puccio, who you know as our engineer and the voice from, you know, on far. <laughs> beyond. Yeah, beyond. You can download WCSU 411 everywhere you find the other podcasts like Apple. Spotify. We can get it on Spotify. Stitcher, SoundCloud. All anywhere those. you get your podcasts. If you haven't gotten it before, go to one of those places and get it. And then subscribe Five-star rating. Yeah. Please give us a five-star rating. Don't bother communicating with us. Otherwise, we aren't really interested. Is that right, Pete? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And is there anything else we need to say? See you next week. Yeah. For Chantel Williams, I'm Paul Steinmetz. This is WCSU 411.